For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure at it by your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 5.2, Crying Wolf. My name is Tanzan and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hey. Check out Bob the Skull. Reviews of all the best and breast. Let Bob do the heavy lifting. Check out his Insta, where he reviews steamy romance novels on Instagram. Bob underscore the underscore skull. Chapter 3. Murphy and Dresden return to her car, but before they leave, Dresden confronts Murphy about last spring. Murphy makes Harry promise her not to hold any more secrets. Yeah, so they've just left. They're checking out the gruesome, gory murder scene. And they're running with the FBI and Murphy's near assassination <laughs> at the hands of a really stressed out FBI agent, apparently. Um, so kicked out, trigger slash escorted away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so Harry's kind of shaken. So, um, yeah, kind of like your notes, he has to take that moment to calm down, breathe, remind himself he's still alive. He's not ripped apart by an animal. He hasn't been shot. Murphy's okay. I really like that moment in the book, like reading that, like makes our, our character seem, you know, less of the perfect hero and more of that like, relatable human. The almighty wizard is not unflappable. Yeah. And, and again, right. Harkens back a little bit to, um, Harry's still newer at these things, you know. He's been to a few crime scenes, presumably other ones with Murphy outside of. Um, but but the Stormfront one in the Madison and this one, he's yeah, he's not used to this yet. He hasn't shut off his part of the brain that's just like, okay, corpse. <laughs> it 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 does, it's it's again, right, you know, whether Harry just being a little bit younger human years, you know mid-twenties, um, he's not a hardened PI, he's not a 400-year-old wizard who's been there, done it all, seen it all, so, yeah, he has to take that moment to, to collect himself and not barf all over his shoes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I certainly would probably have taken a look at that scene and... Probably barfed all over his shoes? We're pretty horrified, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There'd have been one bloody handprint on the doorway and I'm like nope this is far enough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she does not do well with that and like this is the thing like it's one thing right we're envisioning right we've seen the movies we can picture in our heads when we read the book but when you're there and Harry you know points it out that the smell mm-hmm, like blood has a very distinct overpowering smell the fact that this body has been like eviscerated mm-hmm. There's a horrible stench involved with internal organs and bowels and things being ripped open and left everywhere. And whether we're talking, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, a few hours, like... Still fairly recent. It's it's fairly recent, but it's it's been there a little while, right? Like, yeah, there's there's some smell and unpleasantness mm-hmm. and stuff going on that's, that oh. adds a whole lot, right? You know, how smell is such a huge reactionary response and trigger to things right so well not to mention even just the the whole adrenaline rush itself like and acknowledging that of, of being nearly killed by yeah that whole rogue agent yeah basically exactly like that whole altercation was um fairly quick and out of the blue and you know they didn't go in expecting any kind you know they weren't confronting the bad guys and oh there might be danger it's like you know you're checking the aftermath of the scene and these are fellow cops you know that have showed up and exactly right like you know you talk about going from zero to 100 so yeah so they're both taking it and and he can tell sort of next to him that murphy's doing the same right you know murphy doesn't like to expound on these things she doesn't like to draw attention to these things but he can tell that she's taking a moment you know to to reel herself in and and while the scene itself may not have been as jar you know murphy maybe has some more experience but definitely the tussle with agent ben right that was directly aimed at and directly involved murphy mm-hmm. so she's definitely I could say that adrenaline rush and that 
what the fuck moment. Well, you learn that this uh, this whole thing takes place in in October, so we have a sort of a time frame. So it's it's the the last book was in spring, and March-ish, so now yeah, we're so now we're in in fall. It's, yeah, so. and yeah, as we touched on in the last uh, last episode, there's been a string of killings throughout the full moon night. As the full moon lasts for three or four or five days, they keep turning up bodies, and so. Harry steps aside, takes Murphy aside, and he's like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Well, yeah, she, so they calm down, and she's ready to just hop in the car and take off, and he's like, no, 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 like, you know, grabs the keys and is like, wait a second, like, what's what's going on? You know, like, we haven't really... What's going on? Why didn't you call me sooner? And <laughs> Well, yeah, because he's not even really super aware of, of the string of events, and mm-hmm. he's like, well, let's talk about it, and Murphy's like, well, we didn't talk about it then. What are you going to talk about it now? And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, okay, all right. And 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 Harry kind of okay, so Harry kind of draws conclusions about why Murphy is pissed and somewhat usual for for our dear old Harry. He's only partially correct, right? He figures this he, he he relates it to his his issues with Kim Delaney earlier. You know, he's like, "Oh, Murphy's upset with me and it stems from the same problems I had with Kim, of keeping information, but you know, I wasn't allowed to tell Murphy and Murphy, you know, could have got killed or hurt or worse and it's the age-old question of well she almost got killed or hurt or worse not having the information um and yeah finds out that that's not entirely what murphy is upset about like there's still some and she gives him some flack for like his attitude like assuming it's all about him and their issues and that's when he finds out there's been a little bit more going on to that that um um murphy's actually been under some scrutiny for some of the shit that went down last spring and <laughs> Harry's kind of like oh pulls his head out of his ass for a minute and goes well yeah I never really thought about how my part in that and the rumors connected to me would thereby influence or have impact on Murphy because she's connected to me so Harry getting linked with Marcone well Harry is a big consultant and well-known associate of Murphy's who she frequently and she had that worn out and then she didn't and then there's bodies and then the drug ring and then Marcone's like oh yeah don't worry I had it all taken care of and people are like uh chapter four are we getting a little bit ahead yeah I'm probably jumping a little bit but sorry um but yeah so okay so yeah so we backtrack a bit so Murph um that's it gets mad at him for keeping stuff from her in the spring and Mm -hmm. says no more secrets and in Harry's defense, Harry's kind of like, I can't promise you that. And Murphy's like, well, fine. We're, you know, and then he's like, okay, okay. Like, okay, Harry, like, let's not make promises you can't keep. Like, we all know. And you know, because you tried not to make it. At the same time, I'm like, Karen, how much is a promise coerced mm-hmm. going to be worth? And say, like, kind of Harry has no choice then. Like, I would lie and be like, okay, fine, but... Then obviously I just get a lot better about making sure she doesn't figure it out then. I'm like, well, right, right. I'm going to lie to you, I'll lie to you, but I'm not going to be honest, I'm lying now. Like, yeah. At least before you knew I wasn't telling you anything, but now <laughs> I'm just going to make you tell. Like, like, I don't no. know. Like, yeah, and whether there's any sort of, you know, premeditation, I mean, he might be completely sincere, but you know that's not really going to hold. Because like five seconds ago, you're like, I, I, I can't, like... Right? Again, you know there's stuff you can't tell her that you're not yet at liberty. So it's And again, kind of, not like... It's not even always up to Harry what to tell. There are certain yeah. things that he's just not literally allowed to tell that's, anyone or the White Council. That's, that we'll, yeah, and that's going to come and whack him. So. It's like Harry can't make that promise because it's not his to make. Mm-hmm. He can decide to share all of his information with her, but exactly, he's not at liberty to share other people's secrets, mm-hmm. things that he's promised other people to keep quiet. That's. You know, so I'm like, again, I get it. And I know where Murphy's coming from and yada, yada, and move the plot along. But again, it's one of those things where, yeah, just kind of rankles at me a little bit. I was like, Murphy, you know, it's not fair to ask him. Like, you're a cop. You can't reveal all your sources all the time. In Murphy's defense, she doesn't know about the White Council. She doesn't know the levels that are above Harry in this. You know, as far as Murphy's concerned, this is a wizard. He is like the top guy and like, fuck him for whatever. But at the same time, Murphy, you do understand, like... There's the police, and there's the FBI, and there's the CIA, and there's the government. Like, everyone's got their own... Even SI knows things that the rest of the normal beat cops don't. Like, you should understand that there's always a hierarchy, right? Like... Yeah, there's always... You haven't been given clearance to know this, Murphy. Tough luck. Like... (laughs) Well, I think in some regards that she sees it mostly as him trying to 
protect her and not actually looking at sort of any sort of hierarchy, but rather than like, don't treat me like a kid. Yeah. The, the, you're not responsible for me and that I am an adult. And in fact, I'm an adult that handles a gun and has to take on the, the possibility that I'll be shot at any moment. Yeah. And willingly choose to throw my, not, not just that I might be, but you know, if push comes to shove, I will throw myself in front of that bullet so that someone else doesn't have to take it. And, and I do get, Right, that yes, that's part of it. She's like, don't do it to protect me, you know. And again, maybe this is where Harry could be a little more forthcoming in saying, like, well, I have secrets that aren't mine, you know, like, I can't tell you who I'm holding secrets for or why they're secrets, but, you know, rather than just being like, well, I can't tell you and making it sound like it's all from, you know, let her know that he's, the buck doesn't stop with him. If you know where Nicholas's Flamel's Philosopher's Stone is, you're not allowed to just go around telling someone because they pinky promised you, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's exactly so. It's sort of, but, you yeah. know, I mean, again, this is sort of early character development for both of them. Like, you know, again. They're both pretty tough-headed. Heavy-headed, what is that? Um, Pig-headed? Pig-headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So she kind of gets that, and then she's like, okay, fine, I'll kind of fill you in on and tell you what's going on so <laughs> i'm gonna have to because otherwise i'm out of a job and you're in jail it what <laughs> <laughs> when were you gonna tell me i just did duh <laughs> so that's chapter three <laughs> murphy drives harry back to his car she tells him about the internal affairs investigation that happened as a result of the rumors of dresden working with marcone dresden notices a car is following them so chapter yes. four. Chapter four. So here's where Murphy. So yeah. So they get going. They start driving, heading back into town, and this is where Murphy reveals um, that yeah, it's not just all about Dresden, and that she was. He's like, you have to know now. I wasn't the bad guy, and yeah. So we find out that she has called him for you know hasn't been no contact for six months or anything like that. She has called him in on stuff, but. The friendship, the the camaraderie, the banter has been more limited. It's been much more sort of quiet, professional, and maybe not as much. And now Harry's finding out that dear old Spike here at the Varsity is just the latest in a rash of similar type episodes that have come up. Um, so, so yeah, so so Harry or so Murphy has been under investigation from IA. <clears throat> Not even just like some minor rumors floating around, but IA actually got involved and has specifically had her under to do with, with her connection to Harry and Harry's connection to Marcone. And Harry's like, Ooh, whoops, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Sorry, Murph. And she's like, yeah, uh, duh. <laughs> that she was actually protecting him by not telling him. Yeah, because if she tried to contact him, that would have been Kettle things- black. <laughs> Kettle <laughs> Sounded so much like cattle. I was like, cattle? What? Sorry. Kettle. Kettle black. Because that's exactly a page out of his book. I'm not going to tell you because... I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you. you. And They're both you pretty pig-headed. Worse, right? <laughs> well, this is it. And Murphy's like, she's like, you aren't stupid, Dresden. She's like, naive and nice. I'm like, well, okay. So, fine. Yeah, he's... he's <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> he's like, not stupid person, but I guess, like, stupid choices, just like the rest of us, right? He... Yes, tries. Doesn't to always see outside of the best. Call. Yeah, and that's another, you know, part of why he's like, oh, this is why you're not not starting shit with Agent Ben. Is like you're already in enough issues with internal affairs. You don't need one more. Take it, you know. It's like sure you were allowed to be out here. Sure, mm-hmm. you weren't technically doing anything illegal, but there's no reason to have us IA asking any more questions than they already are. Yeah, like why are you suddenly starting fight? Right, that's mm-hmm. the thing because. It's not just about Murphy and Murphy's job. Murphy is competent. Murphy is good people. But, like anywhere, there's people that don't like Murphy, whether it's, you know, whether they're just dickheads or just the natural, you know, they don't get along, whatever kind of a thing. And there's politics and interdepartmental, whatever. And that's kind of how she got shunted into SI in the first place. And so, yeah, some of those people, again, are higher up. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with Murphy making any legitimate mistakes if there's any reason, that's basically what she said. She's like, they just need any reason. Mm-hmm. And they could just be done with me and find a reason to get me out. And So, yeah. So, even though it seems a bit extreme to me, I'm like, I don't know. You've got, like, an FBI agent literally taking fucking pot shots at you. <laughs> like, this wasn't even, again, just, like, the little fisticuff scuffle. Like, she fucking 
pulled her weapon and fired. Well, right? and on another and note of like, it. like, oh, well, just, I'm like. Murphy's like, well, at least they don't think I'm corrupt. And it's like, yeah, that's not really what your main focus should be right now. They tried to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but they believe in me. They don't yeah. think that well, I'm Well, she's corrupt. like, Denton, yeah. the head guy. Okay, so that one person on his team is but a little. Them trying to cover up f- shooting it makes them corrupt already. Just, just that, yeah, but like corrupt, it, but on Murphy's side. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of that boy's. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's sort of a different side of. There's a lot of coins at play. There's here, a okay? lot of <laughs> coins at play. Yeah, a lot of a lot of balls in the air here. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So while it still seems a bit of an extreme thing to let go, I'm like, all right, fine, exactly. Murphy just yeah doesn't want to mm-hmm. make any more waves over anything. Get let, give it the opportunity to come back on her rather than coming back on Agent Ben. So they do eventually get in the car and start heading back towards Chicago, and Murphy does start giving him some insight into these killings. There's been multiple now for several months, It always only over the full moon, and it started out... Uh, so yeah, before, it, during, and after the whole... Uh, uh, yeah, so it kicks off with like a bunch of gangbangers getting ripped apart, and then the next night it's like a little old lady who's been torn to shreds, and then... From there, you know, you've got all random people torn apart, all outside, all in in various stages of animal attacks. Mm -hmm. However, forensics, you know, says they're off, they're wrong, they're not real wolves. It's all wolf-like motifs, but not... It, it's not coming from the wolf but animal. they can match up. Nothing they can match up, right? It's like yeah. teeth and claws, it all emulates, but is not. And so... Up until that point, you know, it's obviously strange and weird, and they pull SI in, and then they start getting a guy ripped to shreds inside a building, not in some skeezy part of town, and now it's suddenly yeah. like, oh, and this guy has a connection to Marcone, and then last night happens, and one of Marcone's bodyguards gets torn to shreds, and now it's like, okay, like, shit, 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 this could be, yeah. So, yeah, so after the first couple, um, which happened on, on Rainbow Beach, which is a real beach in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, there's a rainbow beach in Manitoba. Canadian link. <laughs> cool. So, <laughs> just, when I the went whole to world Devil, uses up I, a lot of the same names. <laughs> I know. It was kind of funny because I went to check. I, just want, I was curious to see if these were real places. And the first one that popped up was like Rainbow Beach, Manitoba. I'm like, cool. Not what we're looking for, but... They both strike me as being kind of cold places to be a, a beach anyway. I mean, that's why they try to dress it up with a <laughs> rainbow beach. Don't mind the ice and snow. Um, yeah, so that's a, a real place. Think. There's like some moon out there. Saturn's moon or Neptune's moon. It has like a Lake Ontario on it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funky. I know Jupiter, I think, is the one that has like 10 million moons. So it could easily be one of theirs. But can't remember. That's kind of funky, though. Um... So yeah, so that Canadian was link. Canadian link. <laughs> <laughs> um, moons. We're talking full moon. We're talking werewolves. It all, yeah, it all connects. You can see the moon where we live. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> True story. And certain parts of it, you can see it all the time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, so that was the first one. So that was um, because that one seemed a little. But yeah, the, the first assumption was the animal ta- attacks, but something didn't sit quite right. So that's when they first started bringing SI in. It was like, hey, maybe you should take a look. And Murphy still hasn't sort of connected mooniness stuff yet. And then yeah, the little old lady in Washington Park, which is also a real place. And that's when she Jim decides- Butcher has access to Google Maps. He does. Strangely enough. <laughs> I just, it's cool. I just like sometimes the ones that, whether they are actually exist or are made up for the book, you know, and stuff like that. He does tend to use real places. He does tend to Chicago's use real places. City. All of these places were, yeah. Um, but so that's when, again, so that one was, was this Washington Park. And again, um, Murphy is the one who kind of shoots herself in the foot here because she asked for the F, right? She's like, in identifying some of these marks and wounds and DNA and all this kind of stuff, the FBI has better resources than SI does. So that's when she sort of went out to them and that's when the young kid we sort of saw in the last one, the one, the young kid, Roger, that was walking them out and being like, oh, sorry, uh, Ben's really stressed and stuff. But he apparently is their like forensics expert and he's the one that says, yeah, these wolf-like you know, like tools or something, yeah, but they, it, they, they don't a, match with an actual animal. Yeah. Right? The work of a, a cult or a pack of psychos using weapons made of wolf teeth and nails. Like, 
That, the concept of that is just funny to me. Like, right? So Rawr. craft night. <laughs> I'm a wolf. Rawr. It's like the Lost Boys on Neverland. Like. <laughs> right. Just picturing them all, yeah, sitting down and being like, oh, I need another incisor. Do you have? Hey, yeah, can I borrow that? <laughs> He's got a hot glue gun. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and today, kids, we create a murder weapon. <laughs> So, so I downloaded some videos and I take some or I uh, pin some things on Pinterest. <laughs> so uh, yeah, suffice it to say they they didn't have much of a lead. <laughs> no, no, no. And then yeah, and then so the bums in Burnham Park and then the old man at the liquor store. So exactly, these have all happened outside, all in bad parts of town. And then we get the businessman and his driver in a parking garage. So that's where. Um, Harry first kind of goes, well, that doesn't that's fit the pad. Right. That's not right. That's like indoors and in a businessman, not like bums and gangbangers, like out in the middle of the night. Um, so it turns out that this James Harding um, is also a known partner of Marcone working on some business dealings in the northwest of the whatever and stuff like that. So between all of these four or five different attacks, they've sort of identified three different sets of, of weapons or whatever, right? Whether it's um, the animal, the animal-like Pinterest weapons and whatnot. Um, and Murphy, by this point, yeah, has sort of noticed it all happened, like you say, before, during, just after that full moon period. So that's when she starts thinking, like, nah, there's no, well, no, is there? I don't know, maybe? Um, but yeah, everything quieted down. And now here we are again, approaching the next full moon. So she's like, okay, mm, Harry. And it helps, um, you know, someone around, someone somewhere said, started calling it the Lobo Killer or Lobo Killers. Because of the wolf motif. Exactly. So yeah, even to that extent, Murphy's just standing around doing that like nervous laughter. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know, so. so coming from, I guess apparently, so yeah, so. Lupin, lupus is more the Latin, and from that Spanish took the lobo. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get the it's it's of original Latin killer. derivative, but but by way of Spain, so it's a Latin Spanish lobo. And really, Meaning Latin wolf. got theirs from Greek. Maybe originally, exactly. So lobo. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they're kind of so Murphy's like, yeah, I don't know which is crazier, like random psychos or like organized werewolves <laughs> like I mm. um but yeah we find now that again with all this pressure of Murphy under IA so I guess IA came up inconclusive with the whole Harry Murphy Marcone scenario but like he say she still has some people looking so she's like if we don't now that Marcone's getting involved again with his business partner and now his his lackey in his club she's like if I don't solve and come out on this one they're going to think there's some hinky going on they're going to be able to make up excuses to get rid of Murphy and she'll be out of a job and Harry might possibly end up in jail <laughs> you know <laughs> because of his connection to Marcone and these things going on so it it does add um, a little bit of extra motive intensity urgency it adds well, a little extra in the last book too. Stormfront you know Harry had to accomplish everything before he got executed Monday morning, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that one expand from Thursday to ultimately Sunday night, and then we kind yeah. of had a wrap-up afterwards. Yeah. This book, you know, it's like, we're on day one of the full moon, and this will last for another three to four days. So it's like, it's once again, Harry's like, okay, go, go, go. Like, yeah, right? Racing the clock to find out. Mm-hmm. And this time, not even just for him, but even more so for Murphy's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, Murphy... Was in danger last time, but again, more as the peripheral. Like, of course, the cops are going to check things out. But as far as Victor was concerned, as long as the cops are clueless, Murphy wasn't really. Well, yeah, she was in danger target. as much as any cop is in ja- danger. On any, in, case. any case, but yeah. in this turn, it's a little bit more like no, like your whole life is like yeah, up her in the whole air. Career, and you know, we haven't maybe learned a lot about Murphy yet. But in these, you know, couple of books, we've learned that Murphy's a cop. Mm-hmm. It's what she is. It's what she does. It's what she breathes. It's what she loves doing. Like she wants to be there. She's willing to take that bullet for. Yeah, and Murphy's a little bit older than Harry, like uh, a year or two three, older. Three, I think. Three years older. Is, is but that's still fairly young to have made lieutenant by Stormfront. You know, yeah, like she's a hard worker. Clearly, I mean, even if SI is like 
nobody wants the job anyway, so people it's, start young over there as we, like, you know, it's still, yeah, like... but still, like you say, I think that's what we were saying in, in Stormfront, is she probably had to make lieutenant before she moved to yeah, SI. Yeah, so she works hard. So, she like, she's not just like, oh, this is my job and that's that. Like, she is a hard worker. She does believe in this. Yeah, and, and she believes and in And wants to be a part of just, it. And, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, like, a power trip or anything for Murphy either. Murphy's a cop because she wants to help people. She wants to put away bad guys. She wants to... Yes, there's a quote earlier on, and she like she said like I do this to be the one who steps in front of the bullet so somebody else doesn't have to like yeah so some soccer mom or CPA mm-hmm. or whatever doesn't have to and yeah she's like I want to put the bad guys away so so this is a big deal this is kind of as good as death in a way mm-hmm. to Murph if she loses her job it's not cool. it's part of it's, her identity it's a big part of her identity I'm going to bed before either of you end up dead or worse expelled <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Murphy would rather die on the job than lose her then job lose her job and continue without yeah so, so Dresden also, he's asking about any DNA evidence, you know, do they, and this is just sort of a slightly odd exchange. I just found it slightly awkward, um, where he's like, did you get like any saliva? And Murphy's like, saliva? And he's like, you know, you'd get it out of the bite wounds. Like, no shit, she's a fucking cop. I think she knows you get saliva and DNA off of, like, I don't think that, I think she's more asking like, why you were asking yeah. about the saliva and not like. Yeah, bitch, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, to me, it's just always a little bit, I'm like, okay, I get for the reader's sake and you sometimes have to, you know, for those that aren't up on all their police procedurals or whatever, but it was just kind of funny. It's one of those things <laughs> where I'm just like, that's, anyways. Um, but yeah, but Murphy's like, um, nobody's, you know, said anything about collecting, you know, nobody said they swabbed for saliva or anything like that. And she's like, it's not really going to do us much good if we don't have anything to compare it to either, which I get Murphy. But again, if you've taken it, then when you find someone to compare it to, you'll have it. But okay. Um, but Harry's like, well, it might not do you any good. Bum, bum, bum. Um... Well, I think he fesses up to having a piece of glass with the blood on it. Yeah, he says mm-hmm. to me about having... having well, he says somebody left blood somebody on the left window. He didn't say the... that he stole any of the glass. He just <laughs> yeah. said, there was blood on the window. I happened to notice, and then I moved away like a concerned citizen. Yeah, <laughs> and I like, when they first step outside, like when they first leave it, and Harry's talking about taking his cool-down moment or whatever, I think it's then where he talks, like he sticks his hands mm-hmm. in his pocket, and he's like, careful to avoid the shard of glass in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that totally... I, I probably would have sliced my finger open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, not that long ago. I well, like, to be fair like, though, men have like six miles worth of pocket. Well, that's you know? true. They have more, girls. You stick one finger in your pocket, and you are touching every single thing that was. In I the like deeply punctured a finger on a freaking pine needle that had made its way into Gross. my hoodie pocket. Just yeah, Ew. I know it was like not even just like poke. Oh, there's something sharp. I like stabbed myself with it. So, yeah, I'm like, I would probably, even being vaguely aware that it was there, I would forget or something, and I would shut my hands in my pockets and probably, but, yeah, so he's got this. So, um... Damn. And, oh, and Murphy's also asking him, um... So, yeah, so she says they don't know anything about, you know, DNA evidence. She's like, so what can you tell me about, like, am I crazy? And he's like, nah, no, not necessarily. Um, so what can you tell me about werewolves? And he's like, nah, I didn't really do a lot of study on them. I haven't come across. He's like, I can more tell you things like and give me what, the night what they no. aren't mm-hmm. yeah and and he's like you know I'll, I'll have it to you by the morning again this is um he was out having dinner with kim and they drove out of town so what are we pegging when was dinner eight this nine be, seven well, i would put dinner even at six or seven you know you so this could be probably eight or nine now okay. i mean what is it an hour outside of the city limits i think he said but yeah something so like i put us like you know eight nine ten p.m you know like so it's not so yeah so Okay, it's not, so he says, yeah, he'll have it to her, and which I think is still pretty good. I mean, like yeah, you say, it's like, not 8 a.m., and she's like, why not sooner? I'm like, Murphy! Give him a minute. <laughs> you know, like, right? Like, this is, again, a little bit like in And in, especially, in like, Murphy doesn't, like, do you have answers for me? He's like, no, you gave me this case, like, half an hour ago. If you contacted me three months ago. <laughs> like, but yeah. And I'm just like, like, Murph, do you want it fast? Or do you want it good? Well, and, uh, <laughs> like, especially because Murphy do doesn't research? know about Bob. So it's like, we know Harry's going to go and be like, yo, Bob, what the fuck is up about werewolves? And then be done with it. But Murphy, for all you know, he's going to have to go read like three. Like, And at this point, she knows that he can't be around computers either. So you know he's not going to go jump on Google. <laughs> yeah. You don't know that he has You can go jump on Google. Google. You don't need Harry. Yeah. So it's like, you like for all intents and purposes, all she knows is that he can either A, make a ton of calls and ask people. Or B, read a bunch of books. Either one is not going to be like a half an hour job. So it's like, right. Lady. And I mean, I, I guess you could stretch that a little bit the other way and play it. Cause like he says, when Susan approaches him in the bar, 
um, in the first book, and he identifies her by her perfume, and she, like, stops. And he's like, people always assume, like, if nothing else comes to mind, they always assume that wizards know everything, and it's all... And I'm like, maybe Murphy thinks he's got some super-duper magical well, robe, but at the same time, right? Not he's to like, hark on Susan, but he but basically I, says, like... Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, not to hark on Susan, but I think Murphy's biggest thing is that she doesn't care that he's a magical wizard. She's always like, nah, like, fuck off. Well, that's how She doesn't buy into his gimmicks the same way that everyone not else Not the does. same way she has not yet seen a lot of proof right she knows he gets results but she's not really sure of the what and the why and what even murphy herself but is like i don't think i'm hiring a charlatan but i also don't really know what i am hiring exactly you know, she's not really like oh yeah this guy is like merlin <laughs> yeah merlin yeah you're week. not a total fraud but i don't really know what you exactly i don't know mm-hmm. how you, but yeah he basically says he's like i can go home and do the research and get you a report which implies and Murphy's like the wow I have to wait until eight o'clock the next morning and I'm like like she does say okay I'll probably be in my office so I get fine maybe Murphy's pulling an all-nighter but you know what I mean I'm like exactly we're eight nine ten o'clock at night it's not unreasonable to think one or other of you might need to get some sleep I get murder doesn't stop for your schedules but yeah it was just one of those things where she just seems like so snappy again like well and she's under quite a tremendous amount of stress yeah so that's one reason for her to really push him to get get things as soon as possible. I guess it's just again, right? Because they're both at stake. It's they not just they her. are, yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, that was my thing. So her being like, okay, okay. Um, so so Murphy takes him back to Max. Yeah, they've noticed, well, um, I, and thus far, Harry has noticed in the rear view that there has been a car. Yes. Every now and again, he's just noticed this just happens to be the same car. Const- is that, it the same car? I feel like I saw that car. <laughs> well, yeah, he just he notices the headlights that, yeah, every time they sort of change mm-hmm. lanes, something is so... Um, um, in passing, briefly mentioned, you know, a car drives by. He doesn't look at him, but it kind of looks familiar to the same one he saw on the highway. And <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think if he'd actually identified the car, because I was like, well, if it was behind him at night, he might not have... But again, again, might not be that. Okay. But point being is he has noticed something, mm-hmm. presumably... Um, and so when he does, yeah, get out of the car, when they pulled into the parking lot at Max, somebody followed them into the parking lot, and yeah, as he's saying goodbye and hitting its kind of circles around and leaves again, um, and he's like, yeah, that's when he's like, I'm pretty sure, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it seems like we were being followed, and he does get a look at the driver, at least, um, so kind of makes note of that, but she's not paying attention to him, she's not looking mm-hmm. at, at hair you know she's not like she's staring at him as she drives by right. and he's like okay boom he sees a striking woman with shaggy dark brown hair peppered with gray yeah so um so he doesn't mention anything to murphy he just kind of notes it himself yeah. yeah woman drives away harry goes into the goes to his car yeah and has another little mini freak out uh are you going on <laughs> about that or no i am yeah okay <laughs> it's like she had a look so yes I just love this moment because it's just funny. <laughs> my gut told me that the woman in the car had been following me. But then again, my instincts had cried wolf before. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo, butcher. Bravo. <laughs> yes. Yes. Waka, waka, waka. Exactly. Yes, I made note of that too. But so, yeah, so Harry gets into his car. So decides to have another little mini freak out again. Um, and, like, tries to, like, curl up on his car seat, which is no, no easy way. feat for him. So I will say this. I do have a friend that is, like, six and a half feet tall. And um, when he was, like, junior high and his sister was, like, high school, she did have one of the, like, original 60s eras, like Dresden, uh, Volkswagen Beetle. And apparently it is fairly accommodating being a relatively small vehicle on the outside. I guess these German built ones, you know, it's a little roomier on the inside. Um, and, and he did used to say he could drive that car fairly comfortably without, you know, smacking into everything. So that being said, I can get behind the fact that Harry drives this pulling your knees up onto the seat and like hugging yours like especially if he's like i can't well of course i'm short and i tend to pull up close to the steering wheel i was gonna say i can't do that and i'm you know not quite five and a half you know but with his steering wheel in the way i don't know how but in his def- well maybe i guess not maybe yet, he's got like, his defense, all the like, way back his cars shelled out all the time it's <laughs> always on the bare bones interior <laughs> 
keeps so, getting burned and ruined and eaten and <laughs> yeah yeah not yet though we haven't seen that yet but anyways yeah he's he has some flashbacks of this whole wolf murdered organized packs and all of a sudden he's like oh like fuck something like that that visceral primal fear of i might get eaten and in harry's defense he wasn't having a great night to begin with like he couldn't even eat his dinner because he was so racked with anxiety and guilt That's and then true. murphy just came in through a murder a gross horrible murder Crazy. on top of it and yeah. then on top of that was like oh by the way I'm be fired and you're gonna go to jail. Like, <laughs> yeah. It has not been a calming somebody night. Somebody thinks maybe you might yeah. be linked to her. Just a yeah. little stressful. Just yeah. a little bit. You might be inexplicably linked to a gang lord, which you knew, but it's gotten worse. <laughs> There's a nice little passage though about uh, Dresden that he sees and how he sees himself and and wizards and as as a whole. Um, I'm a wizard. That means I have power and power and responsibility go hand in hand. I have a responsibility to use power I've been given when there is a need for it. Just sort of reminded me of that sort of Spider-Man-esque sort of With great power comes great great responsibility. responsibility. Yes, yeah, it's popped up a few times in... um, It's it's a well-known fact that both Dresden and Butcher love Spider-Man. Yeah. Butcher has written for Spider-Man. Yeah. Dresden sings the Spider-Man theme in book trailers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, exactly. Him coming back to sort of his raison d'être, and yeah, like how Murphy is a cop, and that's part of her identity. And she uses it to help people. That was much of why Harry is a public wizard, is because mm-hmm. he's like, I have this power instead of just using it for my own you know boring research or most helping wizards wizard just hold up in a tower and like read and harry's like i can do more yeah or like it shows you know, a level of his ethics too mm-hmm. yeah exactly is is he is and not that there aren't i mean you know you will eventually meet other ethical moral wizards but they're still sort of happy to keep on their side of the the curtain and and <laughs> not openly interact as such and Dresden's like fuck no I can do stuff I can I can help people we'll see so. it as it goes on too but there was a little bit I mean Harry was always ostracized from the curtain to begin with you know like he wasn't I mean yeah it's not 100% that wizards have wizard children you know it's not like the Harry Potter universe where it's like you know, like the muggles live with muggles and the wizards live with wizards and there's occasional bleeding but typically speaking the two worlds don't yeah, in, in, in the Dresden world, you know, the wizard can skip over a few generations. You know, it's still somewhat t- bloodline, but it's not. It's still maybe more likely, but, but not still an not absolute. As, yeah, right. And, so, but on the other hand, most of these wizards still tend to grow up in magical circles. Anyways, they, you know, magical fall in or non-magical. Magical. Oh. They they tend to find each other. Oh, okay. Early so. on, through one means or another, you know, and they live a couple hundred years with each other and fall into their thing whereas Harry hasn't yeah. has that he's but there is I think again in in contrast to the Potter world where you do have a lot of wizarding families that are just you know people like the Malfoys and the Weasleys that that virtually don't venture into the muggle world at all the Dresden verse I find is a little bit different because while you have some that stay largely removed there isn't sort of separate populations like that there's there's separate what's the word i'm looking for like ranks communities well i don't know but basically they're all living in the social circles but they're all living in the mortal world you know there is no like hogs meet anywhere and and you know they don't sort of step out of time and place that way to have so much it's it's so well they may congregate like you say and group together into those those social circles and stuff like that is yeah they're all sort of growing up in the same mortal world that we all experience in the day-to-day lives it's just how much they want to interact or not but so um yeah so it's it's to a point though that harry is not as you know he didn't grow up in this clubhouse being like you know like he's kind of always had the mortal and again we'll touch on it as we go on yeah but harry had such a rough start not to say that any of the other Wizards we eventually meet had, you know, super happy dappy yeah. childhoods themselves, but at least for Harry's case, you know, he grew up pretty rough and tumble and he was this in the orphanage. And we've had implications that he had a pretty bad childhood once he got adopted and that some shit has gone down mm-hmm. and that he's been more or less alone for most of his adult life and he's just like. And you know, it probably fits a little bit just. Again, with natural history, you know, I mean, the progressions we've made in the last century and stuff like that, like everybody talks about how 
exponential growth in technology and that, you know, the Industrial Revolution and all of a sudden, right? For centuries before that, progress and and evolution of things was very slow, you know, your your mud hat to your brick house to your, you know, I mean, those kinds of whatever castles and such, you know, were centuries before it all of a sudden jumped into like modern, right? So, I mean, there's probably a little bit of that too, right? Where yeah, when you're not, wizards you're not taking growing, like six weeks to travel for, to one location, you know? Yeah, or whatever, but just again, this whole modern notion, you know, I mean, Harry is, is present day you know um with emotions and feelings and he's a modern wizard a modern man you know metrosexual the whole not the hair he is but you know what i mean (laughs) like you know he's more at a time and place where people are like stand up make it like stand up for yourself you know um you don't have to um stand up for yourself push boundaries defy authority you know all that kind of stuff i think probably maybe has a little bit more um, bearing, you know, on where Harry's coming from, too, as opposed to where a lot of those other older stodgier wizards might have, you know, had in their day. Not just a modern but, wizard, but a modern American wizard. Modern American <laughs> wizard, but we're all getting kind of sidetracked on that again. We'll have to have, like, side conversations just on, like, Harry and, like, his <laughs> development right. and and, um, but I do one side notice he's, he's talking again about how this is, like, Chicago autumn and I'm like, Dude, we're talking like mid to late October. I'm like, that's fucking winter where we are. Like, autumn, if you're lucky, is like September. And then we've usually got snow in some form or another, whether it stays or not, depending what part of Canada you're in. But I just love it. I'm like, could, could be three months of summer and then suddenly it's winter. Again. Yeah, he, he says to me about like the start of autumn. I was like, no, this is like the start of winter for us. This is, you might still get some fall weather, but. It's, it's that definite, like, overlap between, like, winter and fall already at this stage. But I'm like, God, gotta love America for that. But, um, but yeah, he decides anyway. So once once he kind of calms himself down again, he's like, all right, I can do stuff. And this is, I sort of get it, I sort of don't. So, again, maybe with their conversations being all in the other stuff and, like, getting caught up on the murders to date and all the turmoil that is surrounding Murphy and her job and her and per- Justin's personal um, relationship and stuff like that. He's like, well, I have this sample and I have to use it pretty, this this blood sample that I stole from the crime scene that I have work to use before dried I dry it out. Yeah. So I'm like, again, I'm like, okay, so you wrap this thing in a hanky and we're guessing an hour to an hour and a half from the time they go, because you said, like you say, we were thinking it's like an hour out of town. Mm-hmm. So by the time you picked it up, dealt with the FBA, chatted in the car with Murphy, drove back to town, chatted a little bit more, had your meltdown going. But a blood-soaked hanky will still say damp for a minute. I guess. It just seems to me. I'm like, you're, you're, yeah. I'm like, it's got to be drying out pretty fast because exactly it's all going to be absorbing That's into part of your, his point. <laughs> your handkerchief. Like, even if you'd stuck it in, like, a baggie or something. But, but yeah. But he's just finished promising Karen no more secrets. And now he's sitting here like, well, I could follow this, or I could let Murph know, or I could. I'm like, you really didn't think to be like, well, hey, I have this. I, I say, could follow it right now. If he was going to do it, he would have done it while she was driving. Mm-hmm. Right? He and so he so. could have done it like he could have done with the magic so while it, they were in the car. He was sitting in the passenger seat. He wasn't driving. Murph, he was driving, just has to be in the loop. He very much made it clear that he didn't want to c- keep her out on this. I mean, he made that choice quite I guess. I was like, I don't know. It wasn't super duper. I mean, he sort of makes the choice here, but we don't sort of see the thought process before, right? He only comes back to it. So I was like, did you really just sort of forget about it, have too much else going on with the conversation or this whole time? And she's down the block, man. You can call her back. On your cell But anyways, but yes. But again, whatever the reasoning, whether it's sort of intentional or not, um, now he's thinking about this. Now he's deciding if he should pursue it, and he does make but a conscious. Part of my thing is that I feel like it was it. in the back of his mind, anyways, because again, we know that all he has to do is be like, "Hey, Bob, what is up with the werewolves?" And he's done. That okay? Murphy doesn't know that he has a Google search engine, but we know he we does. Do. And Harry still needs until eight a.m. Like Harry could have, like, if Harry had gone straight home, he could have talked to Bob and pretty much just parroted everything he said to Murphy over the phone as Bob said it. Would have been. 15, 20 minutes worth of conversation, you know? Maybe. So Harry's asking for the whole night. We know that Harry's got other shit that he's running around to do, you know? Like, Harry knew he had other shit he was going to do. Like, unless Harry's like, no, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up at 7. I'm going to ask Bob (laughs) and then I'll see you at 8. Okay, but Bob only knows what Bob knows. There's there's a higher 
odds, like there's a higher than better probability, but he doesn't know for sure that Bob knows anything about. He said in book one that Bob has forgotten more than I have ever learned and Bob never forgets anything, (laughs) right? So it's like, we know though that Bob, okay, sure. Potentially Bob's never run into werewolves, but doubtful. Or had reason And again, and also like, even when he doesn't, Bob is kind of in charge. Like Harry's like, which notebook do I have to read? And Bob's like, the red one over there. Like, it's not like Harry's reading through 800 tomes in the middle of a night. Like it's a research lab research yeah library, no I, I wasn't you know? like, completely like, I was just saying I don't know if it's 15 minutes we don't know how much but just yes saying, it's definitely like, we know that Bob is there to speed the like process Harry doesn't need roughly he asked for 10 hours more or less right Harry yeah. doesn't need 10 hours probably like, not yeah well you know he can't use a computer maybe he types really slow I definitely see Harry as the hunt and pet kind of well he'll probably no, write it all down he doesn't trust his hand <laughs> or maybe he wants everything. to write it really neatly and he needs like <laughs> if it's anything like me because I can't, like, write as fast as the words are coming. So, I mean, for you guys to read, like, my rough notes. Which, again, I would take that. I would take that. If he's it just might take me, writing like, it down, that would be the part hours. that takes the longest, however. <laughs> however. So, yeah. Not 10 hours worth. Not 10 hours. So And, again, if he was angling to get himself to sleep, like, I'm going to go home and sleep for eight hours, and then I'm going to bring you your notes, I'd understand that. But, like, <laughs> Harry doesn't need to sleep. He always is like, it's fine. Whatever. Let me get <laughs> He needs done. to. Like, he just often, often chooses not to. And so where long. most people are like, okay, let me go I home and get a good night's rest, and then yeah. I'll do this. Harry's like, nah, it's fine. Like, okay, let me go do this. Crazy. Like, people in their, like, mid-20s that'll go for, like, 32 hours without sleep. Oh, my God. Hint, hint. Oh. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> did I or did I not live? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did live. <laughs> Crazy. She was late, but she got here, folks. <laughs> um, so yeah, so anyway, so yeah, so he decides to check out that he's he's, he's gonna get with the magic. Get with the magic. Get with the magic, and that's so that brings us to chapter five. Yeah. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Dresden uses magic to attempt to locate the murderer. He stumbles over a group of young people who have appeared to be following an older woman. Dresden is unable to find out who they are. However, because the woman seems aware that he is there, they escape. So yeah, so Harry performs a little... So I I love this. He kind of goes and gears up. So he's like, I go and I take out like my staff and my blasting rod and my shield bracelet. And the one thing that no wizard should ever be without. 38 Smith & Wesson Chief Special. (laughs) Again, I love this about her. We said this last time when he went for the gun, too. <laughs> but we're like, fuck this. You don't need just just flashbang spells. Don't give me a magic. Give me a magic wand and my fucking gun. <laughs> and a big fucking gun at that. So, yeah, he, he gets all his, his little Saying, accoutrements. Like, if Voldemort had thrown Harry out the window, done, baby, done. Right? Like, so many. If, if Voldemort had pulled a 38 and chief right. special on Harry, there wouldn't have been much left to find, I'm sure. Ugh. Okay, I don't like that. That's not. Mm. You can you, you can kill grown-ups. You can't kill babies. Okay, so oh, tell that to Voldemort. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> why well, can't? That's, that's fine because I mean, Voldemort failed. It's why, yeah, that's why. That, that one's okay because it didn't work. Um, so he gears up and does his little nifty tracking spell, and he uses he's got, which I think most of us can picture that little bobble-headed bubble dashboard compass <laughs> Zzz, with the little glow in the dark north sign <laughs> uh, oh you know series of unfortunate events one. the movie when it like at first and, and like whatever it like starts in and there's like a little like stupid cutesy elf scene where it's like this is not what you're watching unfortunately you're here to watch a very sad story and then it zooms in on the happy little elf, and then it zooms out, and the happy little elf is just like a car bob thing going do 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 Right. I'm like, when they remake a Harry television show, I just want it to be that. On his dashboard, it's like It's like this horrible, horrible series of unfortunate events for Dresden, but there's a happy little elf on the dashboard. Right? girl. Pretty much. When I script out the whole Dresden Files TV show, that'll be scene one. Right. Will not have... Side note to you, I like the series, a series of unfortunate events. Was not 
nuts about the. I don't know if I ever made it through the movie. So just just to put that out there, not a fan of the movie. Listen, the, the movie has nothing good. to do with the book. It does, but it's it a great movie. But just, I just wanted to say because you said have you seen it, and I was like, unfortunately, I like the series. The book series is good. Lemony Snicket rocks. All that good stuff. I like that, the movie that was, as its own yes, independent that piece was, of work. That that criticism was purely. But you haven't even watched the Netflix TV show, and that was. I have. I've watched some. I I did start it. Right. Thank you. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. No, I didn't finish it. I did start it. Did you read the books? I did not. You're the worst. (laughs) So (laughs) I've read the book. She's watched the show. You've seen the all of it. Yeah. So the next one, you'll be the expert for that. I'll do the Lemony Snicket files. I have all the side stories. If anyone doesn't know, uh, Lemony Snicket also publishes children's books, and they are all in-universe. They just have nothing to do with the Baudelaire's, but they're all in-universe. Yeah. Yeah. I I love his style of writing, too. I'm very amused with his whole word here, which means... Anyways, so shut the fuck up and move on with the text. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. A word here, which means shut the fuck up and get back to Dresden. <laughs> um, so uses his little tracking spell, which is nifty and cool, but just literally points him in the direction. The needle is just that way, so he has to figure out which streets and what doesn't dead end and da 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 da. da. So he makes his way to a not great part of town down by the university. Um, <laughs> damn college kids. Damn college kids. Fucking ruin everything. Just market value here has plummeted. It's like an abandoned <laughs> department store. Um, they burned down the varsity. Like just yeah, university area, man. It's just those kids are trash. Um, so it gets there, and and we get a little bit of of normal sleuthy pi Harry because he's kind of checking the the boarded up windows and stuff as he goes along and finds checking a loose one and yeah checking for traps and again before he just like barges in here's where he stops thinking like wizardy and brings it down and checks for a good old booby trap and there is indeed a little string with a bunch of bells <laughs> clever so, clever low tech you don't always have to go high tech that's the way to go so woohoo go pi harry um, so yeah, just yeah, um, disables that or whatever, sneaks in. Um, here, so yeah, it's basically just a gutted department store with a bunch of empty shelves and racking and stuff littered around. It's dark, and he hears some voices, so heads that way, keeps to the shadow, hides behind a rack. Um, peeks over, sees basically a bunch of college kids arguing, and they're all like black leather and studded gu- gloves <laughs> and like one guy's got like a neck tattoo and he's like they would have been really intimidating if they hadn't been a bunch of fucking college kids yeah. with like greasy hair and acne he's like he's like college or maybe younger so these are like like freshmen <laughs> you know he's like the thunderbirds <laughs> <laughs> right he's waiting for the pink girl pink ladies to come along and so yeah, so they're all decked out and they're having this kind of weird, suspicious conversation, but they're they're nothing to look at, right? And and yeah, he's got basically the main girl, the main guy, um, who we learn are Billy and Georgia, who, by the way, um, Dresden has admitted, sort of, this was an unconscious choice of names, but while he was writing this book, um, his wife at the time was really into Ally McBeal and would watch it all the time. And so apparently when he came up with Billy and Georgia, he realized sometimes later that he had named them after the characters of Billy and Georgia off Ally McBeal. (laughs) (laughs) So not a show I ever watched a lot of. I only ever saw bits and pieces. So I can't speak to, I I don't know the characters of Billy and Georgia enough to know if that's good or bad or indifferent or, but yeah, it's a little bit of, little tidbit of trivia for you there that yeah, (laughs) Billy and Georgia were named for Ally McBeal characters. Um, so yeah, they're arguing and Billy's like, we should go out and take care of this and rip him to shreds. And George is like, you're an idiot. They're going to catch on to us. Like she told us to just stay put. And he's like, we gotta, you know, I didn't get into this to just like sit around and be sis. So Harry's like, okay, did I just find my, and, and again, another great line, like with his cry wolf and all of that. He's like, holy, I was a teenage werewolf, Batman. Bunch of kids like playing dress up or something like these badass wannabes, but but Billy's like kind of this short like he's barely taller than I am. Like he says he's like under five and a half. I'm like five four kind of a thing, right? So Billy's 
yeah, somewhere between like my height, maybe an inch or two, kind of pudgy, like would look better with a pocket protector than the studded gloves. And George is like tall and skinny, but again, no older than he is. And and Harry's just like, what the? And, and kind of like the, the alphas. And Harry's like, the alphas. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, really had to dig for that name, didn't you? You guys are scary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's just kind of rolling his eyes at the whole thing. Um, and while they're arguing and Harry's trying to figure out exactly, um, lo and behold... Somebody else pops up. The woman in the car. What are you doing? Yeah, and it takes him only a second to recognize her. So he's like, aha, she was following me. Knew it. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess a little bit of a better look at her. Um, dark haired, graying, amber eyes. Um, And she's like, shows up and she's like, you guys, what are you doing? This is dumb. Like, I told you to you know, go home and behave yourselves or whatever. And she's like, I was going to followed. Yeah. She's like, I was, I was followed when they're like, Whoa, wait, what? And Harry's like, Oh shit. How did you know I was yeah. following her? Like, and the compass is swinging. She and then, yeah. That's him. She's forth. pacing she's, back and forth. It's and her blood. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which kind of leads you to be like, was she lurking around somewhere else before Harry or has she like scratched herself in this? Cause either she just showed up in which case, the compass led Harry there before she got there. Which is one or thing I was wondering was too. she was on the premises somewhere. Was like, there? was around earlier yeah, and she just must didn't. Have been. She, or, for whatever she's reason, she's been hanging out there the and has other blood hair DNA enough presence there. But, whatever, anyways. Potentially minor detail. Um, so, yeah, so she's like, I was followed and we need to. And Harry's like, oh, fucking kind of like peeks up from behind his shelf. She's staring right at him. <laughs> right? So he's still back in the shadows. So he doesn't know that she can see, see him. But, yeah, she's dead looking like out of this whole entire empty building right where he is. And he freezes because he's like, oh, I don't want to risk. Like, yeah, if I try and duck back down to hide, the motion might be enough. <laughs> and again, to- Harry knows nothing about werewolves other than these are probably them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now, he knows very little. So, um, yeah. So she's like, oh, crap. So she's like, everybody, hold hands. And I, I just little kindergarten like just yeah. again <laughs> emphasizes the moment of these like yeah which i get because she's about to turn the lights up and she's like everyone hold hands <laughs> but she's like yeah hold hands and like kills the light so now it's it to be effective because they manage to get away so yeah they start so they're all right we know harry's been spying on them we had some shelves so enough that he could make out some details and see but he's a little ways away so he doesn't immediately follow because he doesn't know and then he's like well fuck, I don't want to let him get away. Like, maybe there's license plates or something I can give to Murphy and track. And um, so, yeah, attempts to, to follow them. And, and and again, he doesn't want to get a light out or anything like that because he doesn't want to make him a target in the dark. Like, apparently, they're okay to get away in the dark either because they can or they know the place better than him or whatever, right? But, yeah, so he doesn't really want to light himself up like a giant glowing beacon, which is fair. So he kind of stumbles and tries to, and and as he gets to that back room or whatever, some large and furry barrels into him. So he goes Something. Out, something. <laughs> something large and furry, knocks him off his feet, knocks his rod out of his, knocks his blasting rod out of his hand. So he's like, oh, shit, he's like growling or something. So his primal lizard brain is like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck yeah, the one thing that i liked really before that happens though is he that, that poor guy just can't help but hurt himself on every runs into a wall <laughs> <laughs> i miscalculated the length of my yes. stride and bounced into the wall at the end of the aisle uh, yes in pain <laughs> butcher's redheaded stepchild <laughs> right <laughs> Like he just takes so much abuse and self. Yeah, he hasn't even really got inflicted this time. Yeah, right. it just doesn't matter. There's just, an opportunity for pain. It will come up. It will. <laughs> yeah. So yes, exactly. Him fumbling around in the dark. So then he makes it into, and then yeah, gets knocked out at the knees <laughs> by. Apparently some animal. It'd be really funny just to have like a, a short story where someone gets like transferred into Dresden's body, and it's just like. I can't take 10 steps without having 35 splinters and like 87 <laughs> breathing knees and like anvils drop from like the sky every 10 you feet. Even it's function, like, yeah. you clumsy fuck. It's like this poor Dresden is just dodging butcher <laughs> projectiles all day long. He doesn't bother to mention that like an anvil almost hits him every day because like, that's an everyday occurrence. Like, I'm not going to mention that pianos fall out of windows wherever I walk, but like anyone else in his body for the right. day would be like, what the shit? <laughs> True. Yeah, completely. 
he's 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 the human version of like the blue beetle. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> he was a car. He's got you know, he so many so many scars. <laughs> you don't know God. how deteriorated the inside of me is. <laughs> right? Like just yeah, done. Um. So yeah. So he gets. So yeah. He just is freaking out because he's like, I'm about to get eaten. This thing. I've been freaking out at all night, yeah. watching dead bodies and thinking about things in the dark. So he scrambles around and like finds this thing, and nothing else comes at him right away. Yeah. And he decides then he's like, okay, I'm at a severe disadvantage. So pulls out his pentacle to get himself a little bit of light. Seems to be alone. Nothing else. There's a door. So yeah, carries on through this storage space room, whatever it is. Sees a, a door illuminated. Um, so decides to, yeah, continue the chase and see if he can't find something to help him with something to get back to Murphy. Descriptions, license plate, parking passes, anything he he can possibly and heads out the door and is immediately clobbered again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he pulls out his, he pulls out his pentacle for some light, grabs his gun at this point. Yeah, he, he puts aside the blasting. I can't remember if he picked up the blasting rod or not and put it aside or left it. But yeah, pulls his gun. So he's got a little bit of light. He's got his gun and he does the typical, like, like, Sorry, uh, uh, drag queen, Bob the drag queen. It's not purse first, it's gun first. He, he's inching out with this thing ahead of him, right? Nudges through the doorway, comes outside, and poof. Hit again. Instantly, clobber yeah. on the back of the head, the sprawls neck. Sprawls again. Sprawls again. Goes flying, and then you get thrown to the ground by a female assistant. Freeze, dirtbag! Sorry, I'm just picturing that chick from uh, Police Academy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Freeze, dirtbag! So, so yeah, gets conked in the back of the head, gun right against the base of his skull, shoved up, and yeah, drop, drop the gun, gun, or I'll blow your head, head off. <laughs> so, off to a good start. I was gonna say it's a good day for Harry. Like, this concludes our episode five point two, Crying Wolf. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. <laughs>